0: Howdy folks, welcome to the podcast, this is the shit that physios need to know, for the next 30 odd minutes you'll be with me, Nick Marshall, and my
1: co-host, Dr. Josh Carter, so let's get into it.
0: Alright folks, we're going to get into it. The uh, the podcast today focuses less on clinical and more on um, what I'm calling the pay sphere of physiotherapy, uh, and more in particular, this is going to be a, a number. There's be a few parts of this series, but today is going to focus on private practice versus hospital pay scales, potentially what you could ask for from your employer um, and what you can expect, but also what what a hospital physio pay grade looks like and why it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a, a better uh, system, but there's different systems that might suit your lifestyle at different periods of time. Um, as always, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Dr. Josh Carter. G'day, g'day. Um, and Josh will also give a bit of an insight into his sort of journey. Remember, we're not we're not talking an absolute or fact. We're, we're giving you our opinion and our sort of take on it um, from two different physios, one sort of 20 years being a physio, one um, sort of five plus years. So it gives you an opportunity to sort of, I guess, have a a fireside chat or be a fly on the wall in a discussion that we're having. So I'll kick it off. Um, Having worked in both private practice and hospital and also being an employee in a private practice as well as now being the owner of a private practice, I think there's a range of different ways to get paid. Um, And like I said in the intro, I don't think that there's a way that's better or worse. I think it's simply... Your personality will potentially suit something, and potentially your uh, where you are in life at the time may you know may suit a particular type of pay. Um, what I would say about <clears throat> working in a hospital is very safe as a new grad. You know you're going to get a paycheck. Uh, you know there's people around you that potentially can give you support, um, but there's some quite significant limitations to working in the public sector, um, not the least of which. My wife, she's a speech pathologist. She's not a physio, but she's since learnt that she has to wear a uniform. The uniforms arrived at our house today. Um, it almost looks like she's going off to prison. It looks like a prison outfit. <laughs> um, so that, uh, you know, an outfit like that is obviously very much indicative of working in a, in a hospital setting, um, and there's good reasons for that, um, which are different to private practice. Um, but in terms of pay scale that very much is a structured system that's a system that they will find uh, hopefully marry up your experience uh, with what you should be paid for that particular year now if you're lucky enough to go you know and, and advertise and be successful applicant for a job that has a higher pay scale you'll be able to negotiate a higher pay scale but generally if you go in as a new grad there's a very set structured pay scale that each year you'll go up now in private practice that's very different um <clears throat> there's a whole range of, of systems there and we're going to talk on that and we'll bring in josh in a second but that can be negotiated from a percentage um, to a wage to almost a combo of both, where you might be paid a retainer and then a greater percentage on top of what you earn, and we're going to kind of touch on that as well. Um, but having been across, like I said, both systems, I don't think there's a right or the wrong, um, but uh, there's a right or the wrong for your particular where you are in life. So I'll bring Josh in. You've got, you've worked at both. You've both been in in a hospital setting and also a private practice setting. What's yep. your take? on the matter
1: yeah like you said nick it's it's definitely the the pay structure or as you've coined sphere very eloquently uh that's that's a big difference i guess um <clears throat> are we allowed to say names of hospitals i worked at Alamander, are we, are we going to say that i've, I've already right said it Probably but not. i've said it yeah. so there it is yeah um in a casual capacity when i first started working for you and i think like you're saying, the stage of life, if you want to start your career in uh, private practice, which I think, would you say, 80% of physio graduates, roughly, you know, usually that's where they want to go as a, as a general statement.
0: Yeah, I always get chipped about that. I, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I think um, I think a lot of people go into the physio thinking that that's what they want to do, but yeah. I, I don't know. I think the end, potentially, it's not as high as that. But I don't want to put my neck out and then someone... Chop it off to say, "God, that's crap. But I think that's what you get into it because that's the way you see your physio, unless yeah. you've had an extended
1: hospital stay. You generally I didn't was... know physios worked in hospitals exactly. until yeah, very nice. recently. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, I tell a funny story on that one. Good. Um, I, had a, I had a young physio, well not young, he was my age at the time, but we were going through uni and, and we went through UQ where you do basically three years of theory before you even go into the field. And it wasn't until his first prac in fourth year that he actually knew that what a physio did because he, he was a, he'd been raised in Korea and was incredibly intelligent but was having to always translate things back. He translated it back being physio or physiotherapy being basically physics <laughs> to deal with the body. Yeah, right. So he had no concept of what physio <laughs> was. So uh, he walked straight into that first prac. I think he was at RBH or MARTA or hospital or something. And he's like, what the fuck is this? You would
1: have thought banging on someone's chest was a bit weird. He
0: had no idea, <laughs> mate. No idea. Um, but he became a physio and is a practice now up in Brisbane and lovely guy. But it was just ironic, I think, that, yeah, you, sometimes, um, I mean, that's a unique case, but a lot of people will have a concept of a physio being the person that runs out on a field and does some things yeah. that's marked in orange with physio or the physio they saw locally when they you know rolled an ankle yeah. hurt a knee little back so absolutely so you're right i think there's that's why people get into the course but um i don't want to lay a figure on it just in case yeah, fair call no you played that
1: but you politician because you played yeah, that one really yeah. safe yeah, anyway, anyway i would say in my year that i graduated there would have been 80% of people wanted to become a private practitioner 20% wanted to become you know work in a hospital based setting and and uh, i was lucky enough to start working for you of course um but the difference I think first of all is whether you're walking into a private practice taking over a list of a, of a practitioner that's been there and maybe is on a holiday or sick leave or maternity leave, where you're walking into a set caseload or whether you're starting out pretty fresh where again, I was lucky, I was given lots of opportunities by yourself and Troy, your business partner to, to network and develop a list, but that took time. And I'd say it probably took about 12 months of working through that now that's fine I think at the time my now wife was was working a job that was pretty good so our bills were covered and even if I wasn't bringing in big bucks it was enough just to tick along and get by but you know that sort of ch- situation as you're talking about does change and um, and then I headed to that hospital that will oh, will remain nameless now that I've already said it, uh, to, to top up my income, I guess, because like you're saying, a hospital, you go into it, you know you're going to do your eight hours or seven and a half hours of work and come out getting paid for that. And depending on the pay structure in your private practice, it, it might not be the case.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, and, and look, I remember when you did start, and there was, there was probably a conversation around when you did start as to, because we didn't have a list for you to walk into, what, what that would look like when we employed you. So, um, you know, I think we can talk easily in retrospect. You, I think it made you hungry. And I think mm. knowing that you were getting a percentage of what you saw meant that you were very, very keen, which was fantastic and which has led to enormous amounts of opportunities for you to chase teams and contacts and stay super motivated. Now, that wouldn't have happened to everybody. And we, we've had other employees that have been on a percentage that haven't enjoyed it have just wanted a wage and wanted a, and um and as a result they probably have also seen a caseload that would be hard to drum up i think it's easier to to drum up a, a an active or a sports caseload because there's a very structured sports club or organization that you can head to but to generate say like a women's care list, it's a bit, bit more difficult so um, and i just use that as a, as a really simple example but you're absolutely right you know and um having a wage at that early stage may have made you less hungry and while you probably more divert more money um you might not have had those opportunities because you didn't chase that work because we'd have been sort of saying well we're going to keep you here and we'd have given you our people while we went off and and
1: potentially did the fun stuff
0: yeah did the fun stuff exactly okay. yeah the fun stuff and you, you sure. bring up
1: that good point isn't it it's The opportunities, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences I've seen between working in a hospital setting, which, as you're saying, has its benefits, and then working in private practice is your, it just feels to me, and it's a personal thing, so the listeners out there might feel very differently, but I am obviously interested in sports and musculoskeletal in private practice, so of course my bias is to be drawn to that, and of course I'm going to appreciate the opportunities in that setting more, but I feel as though there are more opportunities to do enjoyable things. And not that yep. you don't have opportunities working in a public health care system. I believe with your public health experience, it's helped to, to do your master's at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. that's a bonus, you yep. know. Um, having sort of that professional development is probably more easily covered in the public health care system as there's an expectation and a policy and a procedure that that's something that has to be uh, kept right up to scratch, and there 's probably a little bit more generosity of funding of that in a public would you say that 's the case or uh,
0: yes and no I, I think that swing there 's a bit of a swinging around about there with that one I think there 's a perception that that 's certainly the case mm. um, I would suggest to you that certainly over the i mean fifteen years I would have had in in that kind of public health setting, I reckon at least eight of them, the funding was cut for professional development. Yeah, right. Um, so it was very good when I started, and then it it got cut. And um, whilst there's probably opportunities for you to take leave to attend courses, it's always... Um, it, it was always a case of working out whether if you're paying for that course, you, you won't get paid leave. Uh, sorry, if you paid for that course, you'd get paid leave if, if the area or the the network paid yeah. for that course um you know the leave would be leave without pay so there was a there was a bit of a to and fro i certainly it's one of those things too the grassways looks greener and you know we would look at other health services and see how fantastic that was and i think it across the board it's probably all improved now so you're absolutely right there's much more of a a um uh, a structured approach. Structured approach yeah. to it, yeah. yeah. And, and it's probably something that you talk about in a performance appraisal at the end of the year, yep. how you're going to utilise your individual funding and
1: time allocated to do that sort of stuff. Um, and to benefit the service, you know, absolutely. what is the line manager or the, the boss of your area that you're working in, what's going to bring the team up or bring that sort of area up to up to speed, what needs to be filled in terms of knowledge gaps it's a we dictated to as well so
0: it does perhaps. a bit a little bit I mean you, you do get an opportunity to pick and choose what you'd like to go to but obviously you know like if there's a particularly important course on and it was on during a weekday um, you know a head of department can't give all 20 people in the department yeah. a day off so he's got to hand pick who goes and who doesn't go. And that, that can be obviously stressful for that person but also annoying for the employee because the employee thinks, well, I, I want to do that. I, I, I see myself, I might not be in that area now because I haven't been rotated to that area. Um, but, you know, you don't get an opportunity to do that because, well, you don't always get an opportunity if it's a very popular course. Um, I guess if, if we we kind of, I mean, that there's some of the benefits and I do want to do a podcast in the future of sort of weighing up Purely private practice versus hospital. But I want to keep this kind of tight on pay, Mm -hmm. I guess you'd say. Um, And and in terms of, I guess, the the hospital structure, I think um, overall there's less opportunity to make top-end money, Mm -hmm. but there's a very good opportunity to make a very good income. So good, safe income. You get your four weeks annual leave. I mean, we will talk in further podcasts that that annual leave also has limitations. Obviously, when you're in a larger department, you can't all be gone from there, even if you're in outpatients or you're in an area that perhaps shuts down over holidays or Christmas periods, you're generally required, you know, to go up onto a ward to cover a ward, um, and and obviously there's weekend cover which you know sometimes can come in. You know, you don't necessarily get fantastic penalty rates because you're a full-time employee, so there's there's a lot of those sorts of things that. In terms of pay, um, I think limit your ability, like I said, to get to that top end. But certainly, as you come out, I think it's a very safe, good way of cutting your teeth and getting a nice income, mm-hmm. um, and you you get an incremental pay increase irrespective of you know your performance. I guess you could say. Um, and and I guess also the thing that probably in periods of time would annoy me is that you're probably not rewarded for working harder. Um, and you're equally not really ever in trouble for working less. And I used to, you know, it would annoy people that I worked with or or the bosses that I had at the time. But I would experiment with that almost to see what the boundaries were, as a way of kind of, I guess, testing my annoyance
1: as sticking to whether it to I the man.
0: yeah, or sticking it to the man and knowing whether it was time for me to leave because yeah. I thought, oh, I can't do with this anymore. And ultimately that's that's what caused me to leave. But I was probably in a very fortunate situation when we started the business, having done some local work in private practice, that I had a part-time public job. So when we started this business, it probably took two to three years to really pay ourselves an income. So we worked for free, both Troy and I. But it was the steady income through you know the, the public health system or our public outpatients, which Kept me afloat, so it's exactly what you're saying. You know, you, you came out and walked into a a very lean list, and um, which made you hungry to grab stuff. But then you needed to top that up with something, and I think that's a really. If I had any advice for a new grad or a student, is that in a perfect world, that's the perfect system: is having, a, you know, money that it's bankable, it's home loan, it's rent, it's food that's coming in a couple of days a week but then three days a week or two days a week where you can hunt and build a list and, and hustle, that, hustle, hustle, hustle. There you go. Hustle. Yeah. If you like. Hustle. Um, and then, um, and then that sort of balance changes, I guess, you know, you, you start to take away the the easy income and you start to sort of top that up with your, with your private, private work, I guess you'd say. Um, so I, I want to talk about, so in terms of public health or hospitals, we do have a very set rate and whilst there's an opportunity obviously to, to go for higher jobs and, and to you know, to apply for a higher job, that aside, you, you are on a very structured pay rate and that you'll be able to access that pay rate through Fair Work and all those sort of websites. Um, wherever you are, there'll be a general pay scale. Private practice is different, bud, um, and that's probably where it's worth us talking now about um, what you can and can't negotiate and probably why things are the way they are. So um, I guess from my perspective as an employer, you know, when we employ someone, we look for something. So we're looking for something to marry up with how we're gonna pay that person. So there was no point for us putting on a percentage physio um, if that percentage physio wasn't gonna be that enthusiastic, you know, I really wanna get out there and do stuff. And so, you know, obviously you came along, you're with me as a student and we identified that. And so as as a result, you get an opportunity to, I guess, be in charge of what you want to be in charge of. So you can work as hard or as easy as you like, but that has a very direct impact on whether you make money or not make money. And probably early on, you work incredibly hard and you don't get an enormous amount of conversions. And the hope is that that, you know, the same way when we built the business, you'd work incredibly hard so that you're laying that groundwork for it just to, you know, keep trickling in. Um, So you went on a percentage. What... What would you say were the positives and negatives early on of the percentage? I mean, we kind of touched on it, but mm-hmm. um, obviously a positive is that harder you work, the more that you get. Yep. Um, negatives is that, yeah, I, I guess... If it's a quiet day. You're sitting there getting paid... You're sitting there
1: getting paid peanuts. Nothing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and that's why it can be, I think it's an option. Well, I think it's an option of two types. I think it's an option if you first come out and you haven't got enormous amounts of bills... And you're in the situation that you're in, or it's an option when you've got a good list. So if you're an established physio with a good following and a good list, then coming into a practice and taking 50% of what you bill for can be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're, on, you know, basic figures, if if you're seeing 60 to 70 people a week, which is a very achievable week, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, uh, you know, you're $100 point when You're taking seven grand, you know, you. I mean, the practice does very well out of you. They're taking three and a half grand, but you're taking home three and a half grand. So, you, you know, you're taking over, well over 150 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can probably knock your 70 over in, you know, four and a half days, You've probably got a half mm-hmm. day off a week. So, um, so I mean, from that regard, there's there's scope to make a lot of money. And obviously that also has to do with your billing. There's certain physios around here that are charging 200 bucks or 250 bucks an appointment. Um But I guess the other thing, too, to to be conscious of is, and I find a lot of new grads wear the percentage as like a badge, like, oh, my boss gives me 30%. Oh, my boss is so much nicer, he gives me 50%. But if the 30% physio has a structure where that business charges 150 bucks per appointment, then he's making more money than the bloke who's getting 50% who charges 50 bucks for the appointment. So I think that's, again, something to to be really conscious of as a new grad physio when you leave, is a lot of people fall into the trap of meeting with the boss and the boss says, are we going to give you 50%? You know, we're going to have you do this and do that, and then you kind of work out, well, hang on, I'm the physio that's basically bulk billing a lot of these appointments. I'm, I'm the one that sees the 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 people that we're just putting through whether you're calling it the primary healthcare plans or the work EPC, cover yeah. EPC so um, you know my fifty percent of some of these fifty dollar appointments isn't much mm-hmm. whereas my mate down the road who is on thirty five or forty percent you know they're going for hundred and fifty bucks for a new appointment he's making actually more money yeah. so there's a, there's a lot of those sorts of things to look at and that's one option it's just a pure percentage option mm-hmm. where like I said. With zero bills coming in, or a little bit of support at home, it might be a nice way to start. Or also, if you've got an established list, it might be a nice thing to walk into. But obviously, also in private practice, there's there's different options. So one option you can explore is a retainer, so that you know that no matter how quiet you are, you're going to get a particular retainer wage, um, and that may be the wage that Fair Work decides is is equivalent to what you're worth, uh, which you can look online and um, and then you get a percentage of an increase over that. And that seems to be a bit of a, a swing going that way because it's a, I guess it's the best of both worlds. You know, you, it's incentivized, but you're still getting your bills covered. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, and would you agree that that would be something that would probably be attractive I to think most that, people?
1: I think that at the end of the day, is probably the best combo of pay. Um, you know, on the, on the pure percentage thing, just to quickly touch on that, another good thing about just being on a pure percentage depending on your bosses and, and whatnot, is you can condense your days or condense your list early on. So I'm Gen Y, but I am I feel as I'm probably a bit different to the stereotype of Gen Y. You probably remember I would come in for a full seven and a half, eight-hour day, even on a percentage, and still you know, sit there and maybe wait for someone to walk in or, or someone to call up, and if the other lists were filled, then I'd pick up that person and chip away. But in hindsight, and it's just not me, but I probably would say, okay, well, I'm going just going to do three half days because realistically I can only fill three half days at the moment. I'm gonna use Absolutely. those afternoons or mornings off to whether it's maybe market myself a bit more or uh, or you know, I can do the afternoon coverage of the hospital or some other workplace, you know, and then as the list builds up over time I can extend those hours out. So as a Gen Y person who are all about, you know, uh, work life balance and free time and, you know, going for a surf on the Gold Coast, in hindsight I looked at that as probably not a good thing to do. You know, I want to be dedicated, I want to go to work, even if I'm just sitting there still you know, trying to be productive but not so much getting paid for it. Um, I'd probably suggest new grads probably look at, at not feeling um, worried to do that. Yep. Yeah, just yep. to, to sort of condense days a little bit and have a day off or early on, you know, can consolidate some learning or something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I would agree. I think that, I mean, that's a general benefit of being in private practice mm-hmm. anyway is that if you're on a pure percentage, then you really are your own boss. Yeah. So you can condense the days. You can find times that you just want to work, whereas with an employee uh, wage type situation, you are a little bit of a slave to what the gaps that appear in the work and where the bosses want to put you. Um, And so I would agree too with that, that there's options there where, uh, and I've had friends that did this, that worked in a hospital setting from sort of their 7.30 to 4 or, you know, 8 to 4.30, and then knowing that a physio practice quite often can get busy from sort of 5 through to 7.30 at night, they would then be looking to work as a percentage, as a couple of hours in a private practice somewhere near their house, and build a list in the hope that they get five days of two and a half hours after work, which then might be able to be condensed into you know a private practice day or two. So um absolutely. and i, I it's a funny story. i I actually read Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know if it was autobiography or some sort of piece that he wrote, but um, he was sort of saying the majority of comedians, when he was coming through, <clears throat> you know would sleep all day, would get up and and probably late afternoon, evening, would, would drink and hang out with their buddies and then write their sort of scripts, <coughs> pardon me, you know, sort of late night, whereas he, for whatever reason, wanted to treat it like a job. So he was setting his alarm for sort of 6.30 in the morning having breakfast and then sitting at his desk from 8 to 5 writing jokes and writing material. So he treated it like a job so that when it became a job, it was an easy transition. And I think for you personally, you very quickly came out of uni where you had full days and you didn't do that kind of out of uni and lay on the beach for you know months and months and oh shit i better get myself a job you very much went straight into a structured thing where you know you were there from eight to four um and like you said you could probably condense that but it got you used to what a full day looks like and then you, you know as you got busy you it's kind of transition, transition into that um and i guess we, we touched on it briefly then but the, the it is an important thing to know that in a, a public setting and also a wage setting, if you're not, if you are working for somebody, you, I mean, not to say that you're a slave to them, but um, they're going to pick and choose where they want you to fill the gap. You know, and, and like I said, majority of people want to see a physio before and after work, or potentially in their lunch break. And it was a big thing when I graduated that. You know, you wanted to try and negotiate not having to do a split shift. So not having to be there from 7 till 11 and then come back at 3 and work through 8 or something. Um, and, um, and I think physios probably quite are better at that now. You might have a split shift that goes, not even a split shift, you might start at 7 and go to 1 and then there might be another physio that comes on at 12 and then goes till 7 or something, you know, along those sort of lines. But knowing that... It's very difficult sometimes for an employer to kind of say, well, if you're only going to be here from 8 till 4 or 8 till 5, there's a whole range of people we're not capturing. So it's that kind of balance of knowing when you are on a wage, you know, your holidays, the times that you work, the times, you know, how long each day you're going to spend there is going to be different I mean, to when you're on a percentage. When essentially you're, own, you're your own boss. If you want to have a holiday, well, go for it because you're not really costing anyone any money. Um, and and that would be the thing I would say in a public setting in in particular is it can be difficult is that holiday, you know, trying to make sure that, you know, your holidays, you get in early to put your holidays up um, and they don't clash with somebody else's and then sometimes someone's going to have to work Christmas Day, you know, privately, you can probably negotiate quite easily with your boss and and also with the patients that you see that you're just not going to be there on those days. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a, a bonus as well. Um, anything to kind of add on that one no,
1: that's uh, no not really
0: yeah, I mean uh, and look, I think that's you know you obviously had some stuff early on too where you 're on a percentage, but then you were going away with teams you know and and we talk about that a lot where the teams don 't necessarily always pay you, and that 's another podcast we 're going to talk about you know what's what 's the value of physio and when is free work worth it mm-hmm. but um but I think that 's a really important thing too is you can have multiple holidays, but you 're not getting paid for them. Um, and then you will take a bit of a dip when you Your return. List. Your list will you know, potentially see somebody else in that business. So, um, you know, in, in that regard, sometimes if you've got a, a wage and you, you know, when you have to go away for a team and you're not going to get paid for that team, you're comfortable that there's money coming in. Um, but the flip side of that is you've only got four weeks leave a year, so you use that up on one or two teams, and, and all work. of a sudden, yeah, work exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly myself and Troy, our business partner. You know, for a number of years, would lose all our holidays every year just for work, so that was um, fairly annoying. But um, but then again, I, we talk about that that percentage or incentivised percentage. So, talk me through what you sort of make of that.
1: Yeah, look, um, I definitely agree, and I think it's the best thing to have an element of a percentage there because I know at the moment I'm I'm more currently on just sort of a wage situation, um, and I, and I'll be honest and say that. I do feel uh, less less motivated, probably not the word, but less hungry to, to really go out and market myself and, and maybe go to gyms or go to the community network, which the, the importance of community and private practice is huge. And that again, that's probably another podcast that we'll talk about is developing a network and a community of, of a client list. But... Um, yeah, you do sort of uh, sit back a little bit, take the take the foot off the accelerator, and you, you're earning a wage, you're getting paid hourly. It's it's quite comfortable. You know, you're going to take home your money at the end of the day, and yeah, perhaps there's an element of that um, when you're paid on you know, purely a percentage that you're you're fighting tooth and nail to bring people in. You're going and doing all this marketing, networking stuff to to develop your list, and and it's an element I would say now also is I am a bit busier, so do I have the time to do that anyway, even if I wasn't a percentage and, you know, maybe, maybe not. But I definitely think that having some form of an incentivizing chat with your employer, whether it's you know, private practice, whatever it works out to be, um, is good in the long term because it will keep you motivated and keep you hungry. And yeah, we talked about I'm in the five year physio depression, so there's that element. You are so in the five years. Five years, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just lost, floating along in the stream of physiotherapy. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. It is, but um,
0: I, I, look, I would agree, and I think there's there's different models out there, and friends that have practices, um, you know, might have a billing figure that they want you to achieve, and that billing figure generally will correlate with you know how much it costs them to pay for admin and you know the, the rent of the space and that sort of stuff. And so they'll work out that figure and what that figure is. Um, Again, that relates back to that figure can sometimes be easier or harder to achieve depending on what you bill. And and obviously, if you're somebody that has a very varied billing where sometimes you might see your work cover at a fixed rate and then a a bulk build sort of fixed rate, um, but also a private rate. Then it can it can make you annoyed because you've got a mixed list and you're like oh I don't want to see as many of them because it's going to be difficult. On the flip side, I know there's plenty of practices that have a fixed number of patients that you have to see. So irrelevant of what the actual billing figure is, um, there's a magical number and uh, and that number once that's achieved, you take the percentage of the people above that top number up, yep. on the top up. So um, and and look that again is another way of of I guess looking at it as a benefit to you, you know, where there is benefit to trying to stay connected to the community. Cause like you said, you can get really busy and you just don't have the energy to, to go to those meetings that might be in the local community or to talk for free at a sports club or, you know, to, to, to do sports coverage, whether it's free or for a few bucks, you think, just, I'm not tired. You know, I'm too tired. I, I don't want to have to do that today. And, and I think all physios get to that point. Um, but I think, uh, you know, having a little bit of an incentivised percentage is good for the owner because the owner knows that you're staying hungry. And I think for the physio, it's your your way of increasing how much you get paid. And, um, you know, it also means that some weeks when you're not 100%, you know, you might not see any more people, but other weeks you might think, I'm going to have a real red-hot crack for this next two months and I'm going to be able to boost my income, you know, tenfold or maybe not tenfold, but, um, but significantly. So... Um, I think that's a really, really important sort of thing to note. Um, I guess we, you know, we're trying to keep these chats to about 30 minutes, so we're pretty much on there now. What would be your – you're a new grad or you're a new-ish grad or a student. What's your pros, cons for this sort of um, where you're going to go and, and, and why?
1: Yeah, look, at the end of the day, you need to put food on the table and pay your bills. So I think you need to have some level of security for, of an income. And whether that's you doing some limited hours in a hospital or public health system, or whether that's you negotiating as you come out and you start your first job in a private practice that you do have a retainer, I think that's probably essential because, you know, unfortunately, money does make the world go round. Um, I think it helps if you know yourself that you're a people person you're quite an outgoing personality you uh you find it easy to talk to people then i would encourage you to definitely you know chat about uh about an incentive like a percentage on top because naturally you're going to be or you're going to lend yourself to achieving those goals by doing your networking and putting yourself out there so i think they're the two the two big things for me
0: yeah, and I'd probably second that. I'd, I'd probably say, there's, like I said, there's not a right or wrong, there's not a better or worse, there's simply marrying up who you are. And if your personality is somebody that's very good at engaging people and you've, you've grown up in the area where the practice is, everyone knows you in the area where the practice is, you're engaged in local sport and local community, it's going to be easy for you to generate a list. And so you'll potentially, quicker than others, have a vested interest in trying to be, you know, percentage at above a certain level, but absolutely 100% agree, then you need to pay the bills straight up. And then, and unless you're walking straight into a full list, and even if you are walking into a full list, there's issues there where those people are used to the previous physio and, and you're a new grad and the previous You'll person... Take a yeah, you hit. Yeah, so you will take a hit. So um, I think having a, a steady income coming in and if you can somehow work out some kind of locum or, or even a you know a casual position with a pay pay wage, you know, but that's a hospital or some kind of nursing home setting would be fantastic, allowing you to build your list um, so that you can build you know at a certain level and then ask for a percentage. I think it'd be the way to go. And as an employer, certainly that's what I'm looking for: is somebody who's incredibly active and engaged in the community that i know is going to be there pushing it i know they're going to be out there trying to get busier um a because they you know if we can incentivize it well enough they'll make more money but also i'll make more money I, and i'll be able to relax knowing that their list is going to keep growing or keep trickling over the way it is anything else to add mate no.
1: No, probably
0: not. All right, well, that's pretty good. I think, like I said, we're going to try and alternate these these episodes between somewhat clinical sort of pearls or hopeful advice uh, as well as advice about pay and, and um, things to look for in employers employees and that sort of stuff. So um, this is, a bit, uh, I guess, a couple of part series, which we'll, we'll cover on the next couple of podcasts. But if you have got anything that you'd like to add, um, please contact us via the social media channels. Josh, you're available at the at the sub physio. One P because I'm trendy. One P because he's trendy. so if you can work that out. Um, and then uh, I'm the Aussie sports physio, so on, uh, I'm not on Twitter. I've never really been on Twitter. You on Twitter? Tw- I'm
1: not on Twitter either. No, I'm not
0: no. on Twitter. The business is on Twitter, Surf Life Physio. But um, you can see me on Instagram or Facebook, and we can certainly find the sub physio on Instagram or Facebook. So drop us a line. Let us know how we're going. The podcast also is on Facebook um, and Instagram under the title The Shit That Physios Need to Know and hopefully this is the shit that you need to know to, uh, to get you through the next 20 years of being a physio like me. Old, bitter and twisted. The goal. The, yeah, <laughs> the dream. That's all for now, folks. We'll be back in hopefully a fortnight's time. Please leave us any feedback and ways that we can potentially improve the show. But like I said, this is the shit that physios need to know. And we'll see you soon.